Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I think we're going to have a delightful conversation tonight. The topic tonight is bringing Kabbalah, soul healing, and the seven mindsets into daily life. And our guest tonight is Bob Lancer. We're going to bring Bob on in just a minute. But I wanted to just talk about the notion of um, the evolution of who you are from two points of view. Um, One point of view is this lifetime now in and of itself. And then the notion of the lifetimes of your soul from the beginning leading up to this moment now. And and they share some similarities and in ways they're, they're quite different. The idea of who you are, the listener, listening to this sentence now. When we talk about uh, a human persona, a human personality, if you will, you know, it, it. I find it curious that every single one of us was born without an ego. It was like a, a blank page, if you will. And our family of origin or our family dynamics, no matter what they look like, created the thinking structure that became the root or the base of our ego or our sense of self, if you will. When our family dynamics, our family of origin, started teaching us symbols, and then, perhaps just as important, the value of particular symbols and how they relate in relationship to other values, in other words, what was important and what was not important, it, it set up a framework that became the root structure of our, our personality or, or our ego. And the curious thing is, is the idea of patterning, where the um, very common, it's a mental and emotional Um, karmic momentum, if you will, karmic patterning, where we get triggered and we drop into a reaction that creates the same results. And then to take a step back and look at that second dynamic, the, the path of a soul, I suggest when a soul is first, quote, born, unquote, had they not uh, incarnated yet, The curious thing about a a clean slate, if you will, just like a newborn baby, a a clean slate of of a, quote, new soul, unquote, is the idea of there's no karmic imprinting. There's not a karmic charge. There's not a karmic signature, if you will. And oftentimes I suggest that new souls don't have human desires with the same kind of... um, depth of of an old soul you know when you think about your life and what you cha- what you might want to change about it what you like about it these are um, attributes that build up over the experience of life the experience of karma and our souls can choose to go into karma or load up our psyche with uh, denser and denser energetic vibrations, if you will. And then in both cases, the ego and the old soul, it's the unraveling of the past, if you will, the repurification of yourself. And that's what I like about episodes tonight, um, because we're going to talk about um, cleaning up, if you will, I don't want to put too much context to it because our guest has um, his own unique perspective, uh, perspective on this. And, uh, but just the idea, I just wanted to introduce the idea of, of a, like a soul level 
a reunification or cleanse, and then a then an individual person and and the ego of of a single lifetime kind of um, purification and cleanse, and perhaps a reunion or realignment, if you will. So let's get to it. Our guest tonight, Bob Lancer, has for the past four decades on a full-time basis been guiding individuals and groups through the process of fulfilling their soul's purpose, spiritual healing, and living the destiny they know that they should have. His tools include the Kabbalah cards, the method, and the seven mindsets. He has best best selling books including Lighten Up, The Soulmate Process, The Kabbalah Cards, and Parenting with Love Without Anger or Stress. Join me in welcoming Bob to the show tonight. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lex. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, from the introduction, you've been doing this now for four decades, and when we talk about this, i.e., your modality, your your um, speciality, if you will, can you kind of give us a snapshot of who Bob Lancer is and and who and uh, a short uh, history, if you will, that that brought you to where you are now today? It's all about the path of the soul. So you think of yourself two levels. There's the personality and there's the soul. And as you were talking about at the introduction, the personality is formed by the um, influences, the psychological, behavioral influences um, to which the, 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 the individual was exposed um, and uh, consistent with that, I would say, are probably some karmic consistencies, no doubt, um, that, you know, as, as my teacher used to say, many of us are born into the household of our enemies from a previous life in order to work stuff out. But the purpose of your life is to awaken your consciousness to the point where you recognize the difference between the personality forces and drives and values and beliefs and the true path of your soul, the true knowing of your soul. And the work that I do is all about that. It's waking people up to recognize where their energy is stuck in personality patterns that are preventing them from leading their true authentic life. I call it giving birth to the true self. And the, the process is really oriented toward the soul's growth, this life that we have on earth and getting to the soul's sort of confronting and tackling all of these personality forces is how the soul grows stronger, how the soul evolves itself. So um, when I was 21 years old, um, I met a teacher and immediately sensed and felt and knew that the path of my soul, my true destiny, my true path was to work with him. And as I worked with him, I became clearer and clearer all of the all of the disciplines and practices and and guidance that he provided was all about this waking up from the false self, which really lives in a dream, to discover the true path. And after working with him for several years, I knew it was my path. I just had to live in this space and share what I was constantly learning and understanding in my own process, in my own journey. Um, so I met him in New York when I was where I was born and raised. And, and by 1979, um, I had a kind of a profound spiritual awakening, moved to Phoenix, Arizona, opened what I called a wisdom bookstore. All the books there were dedicated to the wisdom of the world, started teaching classes, started doing consultations. And that's all I've ever done. 
Wow. So um, to talk about that wisdom, to talk about that awakening, if you will, um, you, you know, when I go to, uh, sometimes when I go to um, like religious organizations, it can really seem like the uh, the material, if you will, the the platform of the church can um, can kind of settle into like a static structure, like a, a static idea of of the like perhaps in the older traditional religions. Well, we're we're here to appease God, and and if we behave well during this lifetime and on Judgment Day, we'll go to heaven or hell. When you talk about the awakening, it's I mean, how does somebody understand? Um, because when we live day in and day out, it, over time, we can we can have a sense that we quote know what's going on, or we have a a normal sense of what life is. How 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 is one to know that? Uh, um, how much more there is to learn, if you will. I mean, like the so evolution the awakening, of... Sure. Does, does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the awakening process is simply awakening from the thinking mind. Whenever you're looking at your thoughts, your thoughts about yourself, your thoughts about your bank account, your thoughts about your children, your thoughts about the government, your thoughts about the future... You're living in the thought world. That's the world of the false self. The thought world, when you're living in thoughts, you're not living in reality. You're asleep. It's like having a dream. While you're thinking about what's going on at work, you're literally at the office in your consciousness. You're having a dream, and you're relating to that dream as real. If you're having that dream while you're driving your car, you might really have a car wreck while you're dreaming about what you should have said to your boss at the water cooler, right? So anytime you're engaged in thought, anytime you're looking at ideas, thoughts about what's going on, you're looking at a movie theater. Plato described it in his myth of the cave of looking at shadows on the wall. You're looking at a mental imaginary reflection. You're living literally in an imaginary world Whenever you're thinking about God, whenever you're thinking about life, whenever you think about your past, whenever you think about your future, you're living in an imaginary world. So waking up is what happens when you notice that. When you notice what you're thinking, that you're thinking. That's an awakening because most of the time people are just lost in their head. And when you're lost in your head, your thoughts are running you. You're not running your thoughts. So if your thoughts are running you, you have no real guidance in life because your thoughts are being run by automatic reactive patterns that were set into motion in the past. So people don't even stop to ask, is this thought the right thought for me to think right now? They don't have that internal GPS that clarifies, that gives them discrimination of what to do with the mind. It's not that all thought is wrong. It's just that we have to be in charge of our thoughts because you bring about what you think about. And if you look at 99% of your suffering, 99% of your suffering is brought on by what you're thinking about. You don't, you don't experience anxiety um, because of your bank account. You experience anxiety because you're imagining what's going to happen if you can't pay your bills. Now, right now, there's not a bill to pay, but you're living in your imagination. Or if there is a bill to pay and you can't pay it, you look at your bank account and the money's not there, you're not anxious because you can't pay the bill. You're anxious because what you think about, you're thinking about, how am I going to explain this to the person I owe the money to, right? Or what is the shame going to happen if I lose this object? So if you look at your suffering, it's almost entirely caused by your imagination. And what is not caused by you, the suffering that's not caused, we're talking about emotional suffering now, the emotional suffering that's not caused by your imagination is just automatic, painful emotional reaction patterns. 
So if somebody uh, tells you that they're leaving you and they, if your lover tells you they've fallen in love with someone else and you go into pain, you say, well, why am I in pain? I'm in pain because I'm, oh, I love this person. You don't love this person. You don't love the person who, who wants to be with someone else. You can't be loving that person. You're loving this idea. And now you're going into an automatic reaction of grief and suffering. So through the practice of becoming more internally aware, we start to discover that the cause of our suffering is our automatic emotional reactions and our desires and our fears that are based on what we imagine. It's all imaginary. So gradually you learn to live in a state of consciousness that is free from thought. And as you pay attention to these emotional reactions, you start to recognize those are not how you actually feel. Those are emotional states or desire states or fear states that are occurring to you, but you don't automatically identify with them and get hooked into them. Now you have what's called spiritual liberation. In that state of spiritual liberation, you can experience an internal sense of guidance, an intuitive feel-no state of guidance that's deeper than emotion and deeper than thoughts that guides you along your true path in life. So that's the process of what you were calling purification. As we, it's basically uh, outgrowing identification with the automatic thoughts, emotional reactions, and desires that occur to us so that we can then become aware of a higher guiding force within us, the true self. And that then guides us to use our thought, to use our emotion, and even to learn how to use desire consciously and deliberately to fulfill our true purpose, which is always about love and expressing love through our natural gifts for the good of everyone. Well, I like that. Um, you're, you've been talking about desire, among other things. And mm-hmm. oftentimes our, our egos can have this desire for a, a new job or a new title or uh, uh the idea of a relationship. And then there's uh, going uh, through the process of, of cleansing. What's on the other side of that if our egos aren't the source of desire? Uh, where do those desires come from, and, and how does the ego relate to those? Well, the desires are, are programmed in childhood by the unconscious automatic identification with desire that we were exposed to in childhood. And it's reinforced by an unconscious society. Um, You know, a a heroin addict desires more heroin. Is the heroin actually going to help the heroin addict? No, it's going to make him want even more, need even more, make him more destructive, more disabled than he was before. So our desires are misleading until we wake up, but it's a painful process because you can want somebody, for example, in your life who's actually terrible for you. They may press a certain desire button in you. Um, perhaps it's a sexual attraction uh, based on uh, external visuals. Once you actually get close to that person, you know, all of a sudden you thought that person was your soulmate and now it feels like your cellmate. So whatever, whatever you desire you always need to be suspect to it because there's no, what you desire is not what you're going to get. Once you have the actual experience of what you're desiring, you'll discover you still have problems. You still have insecurities. uh, Your life is still beyond your control. There's something bigger going on. So there is, however, what we call a true desire. The true desire is the soul's intuitive sense of the higher ordering forces that we call God. The ability to live in this deeply, perfectly harmonious, blissful state of inner peace and joy and to be a channel for the forces of beauty. So 
like a flower. A flower is a channel for the forces of beauty. Forces of beauty go into the seed, do their work, and boom, a flower is born. The whole universe is like a garden, and the flowers are the planets and the solar systems and the galaxies. Those are like the flowers in the garden of the universe. So there are these higher ordering forces at work that are always creating order and beauty and balance and harmony. When you can become still mentally, when you can become still emotionally and you maintain awareness, you can sense these higher guiding forces and you can allow them to work in your life and through you on the planet. That fulfills the human purpose. So the work I do is to help people to become aware of this stuff, which is essentially a healing, because once you allow these higher-ordering forces to work through you, naturally everything in your life goes into its optimum state. So my work, the niche I fill, is that I, don't, I used to call myself a spiritual teacher or a spiritual healer. I'm a spiritual coach. Because living this life requires, just like being a great executive, being a great actor, a great athlete, a great musician, it requires continual, regular coaching to help you to make the breakthroughs, to live at the top of your game, to continue applying this stuff on a consistent basis. So, and that's the work I do. And primarily I do this work over the phone. And for my international clients, I do it via Skype. And we meet on a weekly basis, and I help you deal with what you're, de- what you're facing, what you're going through, and how to release yourself from the unconscious forces that are controlling you so you can maintain your connection, your circuit, with the high ordering forces to work through your life and create miracle after miracle. Well, I like that. Um... Sometimes we don't always know what we don't know. I mean, if I'm a listener and I'm I'm listening to this, um, shed some light on, on what this transformation does. I mean, as far as a day-in and day-out experience of life, or, or and maybe you can share some examples of your own transformation and how your own life has changed. Well, you know, it starts off by just, Looking at your problems, looking at your difficulties, looking at your frustrations. So anyone listening right now, take a look at what your concern is. You know, what's, what's your biggest concern in life right now? And now I'm going to make a, a bold suggestion to you. Let it go. Stop, stop worrying about it. Let it go. Let go. Because you're holding on. It's a personal control. You're trying to, you feel like you have to control the situation or all hell is going to break loose. It's exactly the opposite. Holding on is creating the hell. Just let go. Just relax right now. Just relax and trust and quiet your mind and trust that everything's going to work out fine. Your primary work is to get into a state of inner peace, of contentment, of joy. So the mistake we make is to try to make outside conditions give us the inside state that we want. But the truth is that if you'll just concentrate all day long on maintaining a balanced, relaxed, harmonious inner state of being, if you make that your primary focus and you take 100% responsibility for your inner state, You don't blame the person who cut you off for the frustration you just experienced. You say, okay, I'm experiencing this frustrating reaction. This is going on inside of me. This is not how I want to feel. I want to be at peace. And so the first step is recognizing that all your real problems are not external. They're internal. You don't like how you feel. You're worried, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're frustrated, you're annoyed, you're lonely, you're depressed, whatever it is. Those are inner conditions. And in the work I do, I train you in recognizing the inner condition you're suffering, distinguishing it from the outer condition, 
and then learning how to work directly with these energies so that you can find balance and harmony and peace and you can you learn how to open your inner self up to the higher energies and you learn how to stay in there more and more now we have some deep rooted traumatic patterns that make it impossible to not trigger off to outer events to remedy that I guide people through a process called the method. So when you can't get out of a reaction, when you can't let go, simply let go. I'm not talking about suppressing a reaction. When you can't simply let go of a reaction, maintain your peace and poise, keep your mind clear of negative imagining, I guide you through the method. And the method is a guided meditation that helps you to release the energy that's trapped in the trauma, trapped in the reaction pattern, and sets you free. But you have to follow that up with continual practice on orienting yourself toward the inner life. Because as long as you're trying to get what you want internally from the outside world, you're going to be like a person lost in the desert chasing a mirage. You're going to get thirstier and thirstier until you finally have suffered so much you're willing to give that up. And that's why people typically don't come to the spiritual path because that's what we're talking about here. Getting into the spiritual world, another word for spirit is energy, the energy world, where you're recognizing the feelings going on, the energy currents moving through you. And you learn how to work directly in the spiritual path. It's about skills in working with energy and working with the higher frequencies. It's not about ideas and beliefs and, and it's, it's, it, 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 you know, it, it is about a moral life, but the moral life is a natural flowering of living in the higher energies. Someone who's not able to work directly with their inner energies, they can say all day long that, you know, they don't want to lie. They don't want to steal. They don't want to cheat. But if they don't have, control of their inner energies, you know, the married man sees a sexy woman and he's, you know, he's, he's tempted and he may not be able to resist that temptation, not because the outer has any control of him, but because he has no control over his own inner life. He's allowing himself to lose his point of peace and contentment and joy in the present moment and then reaching out after something outside of him to give him what he just lost through his internal reaction. So I realized this is quite deep, and it's quite foreign to many people. But more and more people are getting a sense of this being what's going on. The human race is evolving in consciousness to the realization of the spiritual world and how to live in it. Not everybody, not even the vast majority, but more and more people are resonating to the message I'm sharing and wanting and sensing the help that can help them to actually live in this place of total peace and total contentment. I like that. So um, you've you've talked about um, the method. Um, How does the Kabbalah cards come into um, the process? Okay, so Kabbalah is an ancient uh, mystical uh, system of wisdom based with one of its central aspects being a a pattern called the Tree of Life. And the Tree of Life consists of ten aspects, ten divine attributes, ten divine energies that are always at work in the world, in the human psyche, always at work within you. And so Kabbalah is a way of opening up to the divine as a direct experience. So Kabbalah is a mystical system uh, aimed at leading consciousness into a direct experience with the divine. And so the Kabbalah cards is, is a system that I uh, Developed, I published these. It's a set of cards. Um, 
that are like divination cards. They're based on the Kabbalah tree of life, 10 spheres, 22 pathways. And you use the cards to help you to intuitively sense the guidance coming to you from the higher levels. So they're an instrument for what we call finding your place on the tree. So, for example, I just opened up a card, what to share with you, and the card is the path of uh, understanding to beauty. And basically what, what I've been talking about is that path, understanding to beauty, is when you establish, beauty is the central sphere in the Kabbalah tree of life, when you establish yourself in your center, in your center of beauty and harmony and peace and balance, when you're internally established in that space, a conduit opens up in your consciousness through which higher understanding can come into your consciousness to guide you. So typically the work with Kabbalah is, follows the clearing work I do with the method. And then there's also another element to my work is what's called the seven mindsets. And we can talk about that as well, if you like. Sure. Let's talk about that. Okay. So the seven mindsets are, are based on, um, and if you, if you, there's a website called sevenmindsets.com. We're actually teaching this to children in schools around the nation. We've reached about 500,000 kids teaching them the seven mindsets. So the seven mindsets were discovered through the most extensive research to date into the psychology of success and happiness. So those individuals who have demonstrated greatness at the highest levels and who have experienced fulfillment and joy at the highest levels operate from these seven ways of thinking. And based on the scientific discovery of the neuroplasticity of the brain, which means that the brain is we have discovered that the brain is capable of 100% transformation at any stage in life. You, you, you can teach a dog new tricks if the dog is a human being. You can teach an old dog new tricks if the dog is a human being and the human being is willing to learn. So as you use these seven mindsets, you're literally transforming the neurology of your brain to match the brain patterns of the most of, of individuals at the states of highest levels of success and joy. So by, I train people in the seven mindsets in conjunction with its other work, even children, even working with elementary school children, I do mentoring for teenagers. It's called teen motivation mentoring, uh, where parents who have kids, teenagers, who seem unmotivated or unfocused, who are drifting, who seem lost, and they bring them to me, and I mentor and train and coach these kids in using the seven mindsets to access their higher intelligence, rewire their brain from the limiting belief systems that were developed in early childhood. And so I work with adults. I work with kids. I even train preschool teachers in how to relate to the youngest of children using the seven mindsets, not only so that they achieve more fulfillment and greater goals with the children, but so that they're automatically transmitting these ways of thinking to the children. Even if young kids under the age of six don't understand what you're doing, they're still impacted by it because the child, particularly in the first six years of life, has what's called an absorbent mind, which means whatever psychological and behavior patterns the child is exposed to is planted in this, like a seed in the child's forming personality. So the seven mindsets align the personality with the highest levels of power and joy and enlightenment. Well, I like that. I mean, at the beginning of uh, this episode, you were talking about um, being stuck in our thoughts and looking at the external world and uh, having a mental dialogue about things that are happening outside of us. And then here we are talking about this higher wisdom, this higher consciousness, if you will, that we tap into. 
which takes our life path to to uh, like a whole different level. Um, what's I mean, what's on the other side, if you will? If we're talking about healing, if we're talking about mm-hmm. perhaps re, uh, reunion or the re, reunification of our ourself, so to speak, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what does what does our life look like? What's different about our life when this higher wisdom becomes more and more common in our everyday thoughts, choices, and actions? You're living the life you're meant to live. You're living your, your, your true destiny. It is the purpose of the human being. Most people don't know this. It's the purpose of the human being to be a kind of a channel for these higher levels of consciousness to flow through. And so, you know, you can call it the superconscious. You can call it the divine. You can call it higher consciousness. You can call it enlightenment. Whatever you want to call it, um, as you get free from the identification with the false self, with the personality, you become more and more open and receptive to these higher ordering forces working through you. And as that happens, your life shifts from a life of labor to a life of grace. Because it's 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 like the story of the Garden of Eden. You're, you're back in paradise. Because you're no longer efforting to make things happen. You're no longer concerned at all. There's zero concern about what's going to happen to you or to your children. You're no longer worried. Um, you know, people who have had a, uh, a near-death experience have come back and said, you know, all I know is there's nothing to worry about. We're in, God is love. We're in good hands. It's just our worry that's the problem. It's not that there's anything to worry about. The worry itself is the problem. So your whole life uh, becomes one of of grace because you're allowing these higher ordering forces that are always working through you because they come from the true nature of what you are. You are the source. You are one with God. So these higher ordering forces of beauty and harmony and balance and right measure um, and true knowing, uh, these flow through you as you get the personality out of the way, and the energy itself does the work. It's like if you have a magnet and you put a piece of paper on the magnet and then you drop iron filings on the piece of paper, the magnet doesn't do any work. It doesn't, but the magnet files, those little filings, they form an organized pattern because of the magnetic field of the magnet. So as you become a conduit for these high ordering forces, they form the conditions of your life. They naturally, the universe is beautiful. It, the universe is a beauty-making machine. The universe is creating beauty and order. Following chaos and destruction, there's always a higher level of order and beauty. You burn up the wood to create a magnificent fire. And so as you turn your, learn how to turn your life over to these higher ordering forces, consciously, these energies in and of themselves are doing the work. Now, your work is to stay conscious so you can discriminate what kind of energies are working through you. And so every, like it's just order, order and beauty just continues to expand in your life. Everybody listening, you have nothing to worry about. There's nothing going to go wrong. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be frustrated. You don't have to feel threatened by anything. The pro- your problem is the worry, the anxiety, and the threat. It's not that there's anything really to be concerned about. The universe creates order and beauty, even if you have to pass through loss. When you learn how to pass through loss by going through it enough times, you learn how to let go of what you can't have and discover something even more beautiful and magnificent dawning in your life every time. Is that I like what question? you said about the universe being a beauty-making machine. The, uh, so it is. You know, like for myself, um, I can clearly see 
how my life has changed. Um, for example, me becoming an author and me being a, a radio host, um, things that weren't even in my mind, in my in my ego's intentions, if you will, from the past. But um, listening to that inner wisdom, um, it, it changes your life. Can you share how your life has changed in this journey of yours over the decades? Well, you know, like I said, for, from the age of 21 um, is when I started to become conscious, when I was working with my teacher and, and discovered very clearly, very early on, what my true path is, what my true destiny is, and I oriented my life around it because I, I knew that if I departed from the path of my soul, I'd be taken out. My incarnation would be over. So I really sensed and knew that. But there was leeway, and I would drift, and I would find myself falling for my weakness, and my weakness was women. And I would be attracted to women that I didn't really have a spiritual connection with, but I had a sexual connection with them. And because I wasn't following... It's not that there's anything wrong with sex, but it all has to be integrated. It has to be whole. And it all has to be centered on recognizing this is your spiritual path of growth. And so I would veer off the path that way and get all caught up in accommodating and getting caught up in trying to make a relationship work that really wasn't working. And that would take my time and energy. And then it would blow up. And then I would find that the attachments that I developed in the relationship there were all ego attachments surrounding self-worth and other forms of insecurity I'd become a complete mess after every breakup and it would happen again and again and again until I finally recognized that I was running to these women to get away from my true path there were certain fears the fear of standing on my own facing life without a mate that terrified me. And until I was ready to face that fear, there was a weakness in my foundation. And so ultimately I learned to finally face that one down and to use the method and to use these processes to finally face and dissolve that deep underlying pattern of dependency. And, um, was the greatest thing I ever did because it led to my liberation at a much deeper level than ever before. Even though I've been doing this work all my life, I would have those variances that would come in about every 10 years. But I finally just, I finally got ready. I said, this is it. Let's face this thing. Let's, let's finally, and, and it was really unconscious. I wasn't even that aware that I was running until I became aware that that's what I was doing. Well, I, I think you make a good point there of of not being aware that you were running or or in a more general sense, not being aware of um, elements of your psyche perhaps that uh, your ego was avoiding. I, mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but well, that's uh, exactly I'll talk right. in more general terms. Yeah, un-ego avoiding some aspect of feelings of the past or beliefs that some, perhaps somebody isn't worthy or somebody is guilty or, or shame. Yeah. Um, everybody has you, a, everybody comes in everybody comes in with a core issue to work on and we spend most of our life trying to run away from that core issue, thinking we can solve it outside of ourselves. Right. Ultimately always coming up empty. That's why so many people who achieve so many stories of people who have achieved great success. They got all their goals and then they be became completely depressed because they weren't really facing the chief issue. Like a person, let's say, who decides that okay, I'm going to become a billionaire, but what they really needed to face was what, what would it be like to live life without any extra money at all? Can I find peace and courage and security and contentment in that situation? Can I experience total faith in that situation? So if that was what they were really being called to do because of their spiritual development, 
than running away to make millions of dollars to try to feel safe would only leave them feeling emptier and more depressed, sick, sick relationships, all sorts of problems because they veered away from their true core issue. Everybody has it. You have a core issue. Everybody listening has a core issue. So the work that I do is to give you the tools and the strength and the support you need to finally face it, to finally come to terms with it. So you don't have to feel like you have to live like a slave and compromise your core values to get what you think you need from somebody else that only that, that you don't even need from somebody else because you're already so whole and complete and powerful and beautiful. Right. I like that. Well, so now as a listener on the show now, I'm, I'm hearing you um, share your message. Um, can you share with us your platform? In other words, um, how do you work with clients? Okay. So there's, there's two basic ways. The, the, the primary way I work with clients is over the phone doing coaching sessions. And anybody listening, if you'd like to set up a time, uh, I'll be happy to provide you with a complimentary coaching session where we can, I can answer any questions you have. We can deal with whatever issues you have. There's no charge. Um, the, the, the way to contact me is through my website, um, and I, you know, two primary websites that I'm talking about on this show. One is lovethemethod.com, L-O-V-E-M-E-T-H-O-D, uh, L-O-V-E-T-H-E-M-E-T-H-O-D, lovethemethod.com. The other website is kabbalawisdompower.com. But to make it easy, just Google my name, Bob Lancer. You'll be taken to probably the website where I do a lot of work with kids. But uh, And then contact me through one of my websites. There's a contact button, and uh, through, through which you'll be able to email me. We'll set up a time for a complimentary phone consultation. So the majority of the work I do is spiritual growth and healing phone consultations. I work with people who are simply trying to grow spiritually, people who are struggling with traumatic issues, people who are dealing with difficult relationships. I work with, with, with parents who are feeling frustrated or who just want to find a better way to work with their kids. Um, but if you really want to live the life you're meant to live, that's the work that I help you to do. So it's phone coaching. If you're overseas, it's Skyping. And then I also do speaking on these subjects and I'm invited to speak at places around the world. Um, uh, some people create their own little groups and, and bring me in. Uh, sometimes it's uh, you know, businesses or schools or, uh, uh, you know, ch- churches or other organizations that, that bring me in to do speaking. Uh, sometimes I'm brought in to do, you know, trainings, retreats. Um, I did a beautiful uh, retreat in Ireland a few years ago on the west coast of Ireland, an artist retreat where I talked about the, the spiritual dimension of creativity. So, uh, but for those who are listening, um, I would presume that the best way to benefit from what I do, set up a phone call. Let's work together. Let's talk about what you're actually going through to see if you feel deep down inside called to do the kind of work that I do. And if you feel called to do it with me. I like that. Um, so, I mean, who's your ideal client? I mean, what, what's going on in their head? I mean, um, talk it's to us people, about who, who you're interested in working with. It's, it's people who have, you know, I, I would say, um, the majority of of the people that I work with are people who have been studying spiritual processes, studying the spiritual path, um, but feel like they have the answers intellectually, but it's not translating into liberation from suffering. It's not, they're still finding that they're having problems with their finances or with their relationships or with their kids or with their moods and attitudes and feelings about life and themselves. Um, so typically it's people who have had, you know, sort of been on 
a spiritual journey, have have learned and studied, and and and, and they feel like they really want to now click into living it and to see how far they really can go. Because I think we're living in a time right now where you really do have to live it. There's so much madness in the world that if you're that you're either going to go crazy or you're going to be enlightened. There's not a whole lot of gray area there. Right. right. Um, and, you know, people, uh, a good segment of the people who contact me are parents who feel that they're not working well with their children. They're, they're not happy about what's going on in the home, about how they're reacting to their kids, about the decisions their kids are making or their kids are, are, are having some behavior problems. Um, but typically even those parents who contact me, they are students of wisdom, spirituality, that they feel a sense of a higher calling in life, um, but they are not finding that they're able to translate it into action. It's like they, they have the talk, but they're not feeling like they're really walking the walk. And so what I do is I help people to walk, to, to get up and walk. I like that. And, you know, the while you were talking, I was thinking about um, some of the more traditional uh, methods of, of the Western culture as far as trying to address these symptoms without really getting to the core. Um, kids, you know, uh, kids that are struggling are oftentimes put on medications or... Or oh adults are put old. on medications, and and if it's yeah. not addressing the real issue, then it's, it's not addressing compounding the, the problem. It is com- it is compounding the problem. You have an opioid epidemic, epidemic. It is compounding the problem. You have kids who are taking you know antidepressants and then committing suicide. It's a, it's a tremendous problem. You have a, it's the blind leading the blind. So all the old paradigms are falling apart. They don't work. People are recognizing they don't work. Um, there are more and more help people in the helping profession who are into meditation and spirituality. But it's rare that you find someone who goes all the way through. I've gone all the way through. There isn't anything I haven't faced. Um, along the path. I've been doing this for 40 years. It, it's not something I sort of like chose to do. It's like if, if, you're, if you're in this kind of work that I do, it's because you're in the work. It, it's not because you wanted to get there. It's just, it's just what I came in to do. It's so natural to me. And it's all I've ever done. So people used to say, well, what makes you a spiritual teacher? I said, well, I have clients. I have people who come to study with me. Right? People who come to work with me, and it all—it's always been that way. It's always happened that way, um, because the work that I'm doing is in support of consciousness, the consciousness that's changing and evolving, and more and more people are feeling called to support this process of awakening from the dream of the world. You know, like Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is spread upon the earth, but people don't know it. Or I used to see through a glass darkly, but now face to face. So people are living in the dream of their imagination. They don't even know they're imagining things. You're talking to yourself all day long, and you're not even realizing that you're living in thoughts about life. You're not living life. You're living in your thoughts about life. And when you drop your thoughts, you drop your suffering. And you have the capacity to follow a higher level of intelligence. It's always coming in, but the thoughts block it. Emotional reactions block it. Pre-programmed desire reactions block it. But you can't just run away from the internal chaos. You have to face it. You have to look at it. And it always, as far as I'm concerned, it always takes support. You've got to be working with someone. I'm not a, I don't claim to be a master. I'm not a master. I'm a mess. But I'm 100% engaged in the process of mastery. 
And so I can help lead you and support you in letting go of the patterns that are interfering with your life. And so how do I do that? I just am who I am with you. I'm not putting anything on here. I'm not pretending to be a teacher. I'm not trying to get across. You're just hanging, we're just hanging out. This is who I am. This is what I think about, what I talk about, what I focus on, and what I work on 24-7. It's just who I am. And so my engagement in the process can help you engage in the process. And when I say I'm a mess, it's not that I actually worry or feel bad about stuff or it's, it's none of that. It's just recognizing that even after doing this for 40 years, um, it's a continual process of recognizing my own unconscious patterns that come up and, and letting them go. It, there seems to be a never-ending supply of unconsciousness that we can expand our consciousness into. So I'm doing the same work as you. I've just been doing it for a longer time for, for, for most people. Right. Well, you know, an hour can go by pretty fast. Uh, we've just got a, a minute or two left. Do you have any closing thoughts for the listeners? Pay attention. You know, just start paying attention to the cause of your pain, to the internal cause of your pain. See all of your inner pain as inner, as internal, and trying to change your outside world to fix your internal world. Work directly by paying attention to how you think and how you feel. Work on becoming more aware in the present moment of what's going on inside of you. And I can help you to do that if you go to lovethemethod.com or KabbalahWisdomPower.com or just Google my name, Bob Lancer. Contact me and I'll offer you a free complimentary coaching session to see if this kind of work is good for you, is right for you. If you want to live the life you came here to live, to be a channel for these higher ordering forces to work through you, contact me. Well, I like that. Bob, the the compassion you have for humanity is quite evident. The passion you have for your work is very profound, and, and it really emanates from you. Um, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight on the show. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode with you. Thank you, Les. I love working out with you. I really enjoyed looking at your videos and your website, and I recommend other people check out your work. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time with you and, and, and admire what you're doing and what you're about and the higher energy that works through you. Thanks. We've been talking to Bob Lancer, and the topic tonight has been bringing Kabbalah, soul healing, and the seven mindsets into daily life. You know, the 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 collective consciousness is is in a mud wrestling <laughs> match with itself it's it's like we're going through puberty as as a human race and uh what i liked about bob's message is the idea of connecting with that higher wisdom and, and getting connected with your life purpose and and bringing the reason you are here into fruition into fulfillment. Life's a life's a wonderful thing when you can show up for it. Um, to live a passionate, guided life, where the ego is walking in step with your heart and your soul, is a is a very powerful dynamic, and it's available to every one of us. So, um, be sure to check out Bob's uh, websites and uh, look into his work. Hey, you know, it's my pleasure to bring you episodes like this. We're at a very powerful and exciting time in our human story. Thank you for sharing this time with us. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. 
You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.